Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you doing? You ask me this every week and every week I'm like, I'm okay. I'm making it. But with everything going on in the world, I am, I'm doing just, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm counting my blessings. How are you doing? I'm okay. Oh, well, <clears throat> personally, I'm fantastic, but it's, it's crazy having such an awesome week that I've had and mm-hmm. then seeing the shit show yeah. going on in this country, specifically around policing mm-hmm. and their relationship with the black community. We, I have to be honest with you. I haven't even really been watching the trial of uh, Chauvin's trial, you know, I've been updated, you know, reading the news, but I can't watch it for my own peace. You know what I mean? Agreed. Same. It's just too much. It's very traumatic. It's very triggering to sit and watch it unfold and for them to show the video multiple times. And I think also it's the trauma of not being very hopeful about the outcome that also makes me feel less inclined to want to watch because if I get as invested as I would be just based on the circumstances. And this really does go in the direction that I'm fearing that it will. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. So yes. I agree We've been with disappointed you. so many times before. Oh, it's beyond disappointment at this point. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a new word. A new word needs to be invented for it how does. we as black fe- black people feel. Well, I, I will say I have reached the numb state of things mm-hmm. um and i hate to say it i hate to say it but even with the latest shooting with deontay Wright, this quote-unquote accident mm-hmm. is just too much so i mean i don't know what else to do uh, besides pray for the safety of my family and friends absolutely uh, but i just wanted to get your thoughts on that Yeah, I mean, I think we're on the same page. It's, again, it's very traumatic. It's very triggering. I stay up to date on it um, as well in terms of watching the news and being informed, but I can't live in it. And I really have to give a lot of credit to the folks who do live in it and who do do the work on a regular daily basis because it's a lot to just deal with. And emotionally, mentally, with everything else that we've had to go through, I think if you don't possibly reach some level of numbness for your own well-being, Delora, I don't know how some people would make it through. So I'm on that same page. Yeah. And the last thing I'm going to say to that is, especially for anyone who doesn't understand how the Black community feels about policing, um, we live in America, you know, we are innocent until proven guilty. The amount of fear that is associated with 
at this point the terror of policing on the black community absolutely i don't fault anybody for wanting to run at this point especially if someone as young as a 20 year old and, yeah, and also misdemeanor sure yeah but that didn't mean that his life should have been taken the whole point is the whole point is due process you know let us live to get due process exactly no. also again you're talking about a 20 year old who had his family in the car at yes. least his girlfriend was in the car he has no idea of what the situation is or circumstances as to why they're suddenly saying he's going to be arrested you already have him as a young black man fearing for his life based on everything exactly. else that has transpired exactly. so one would imagine in that moment sheer terror and then the outcome being exactly what he feared right so the whole thing being an accident, I just can't even, my mind can't even wrap around that. You're some 26-year veteran who was training other officers. I can't wrap my mind around it. I don't believe it. Uh, yes. Flat out, I'll say that. And I'm glad she's charged with manslaughter. And I yep. hope that she is, is prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Thank you on that. On that point, we're going to go ahead and move into our hot topics this week. So in more somber news, rapper DMX has died at the age of 50. He died last Friday. Uh, he suffered a heart attack and then went into a coma after a drug overdose. We spoke about this last week. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point, he was still in the coma. And then that evening after we were done recording, then was some awful miscommunication on the internet mm -hmm. stating that he was passed on and he was not um that was a roller coaster that was insane and so unnecessary like just wait for an official word right Ashley what what do you think about this um this I mean R.I.P. obviously the DMX it, you know when we spoke about it last week the hope was still there that he could pull through but I think as reports came more and more about his organs had started to fail. Um, you know, there were, again, was yeah. supposedly no change in his brain function and activity. It seemed inevitable and obviously still so sad, just given the fact that, again, he's a, a rap legend. He uh, yes. transcended music to become an actor. And I personally loved him in his acting roles. But beyond that, he was a father. He was a fiance. He was a brother. He was a son. He was all these things, yes. right? And so it's just so sad to think that possibly addiction and these things that he had battled and dealt with ultimately led to his death because as we talked about last week as well so many of our legends have mm. unfortunately passed away due to drug use and it's just another one that you know it's just heartbreaking yes I think the part that gets me the most for this particular um death is the tragedy or the trauma that he lived through like when you learn about it his childhood being abandoned and yep. being abused is so heartbreaking. And, you know, I'm glad as a society, we're at a place where we understand that drug addiction is a sickness, you know, and, it, mm -hmm. and we, he unfortunately is part of the generation that likes to throw people into jail, but what he needed was actually help. Right. And, and got him so young. I was having a combo with my mom that he got hooked uh, mm -hmm. by somebody who, who he trusted at like yes. 14 yes. by lacing his weed. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, 
the tra- yeah it's tragic very tragic rest in peace and i you know sending positive thoughts and prayers to his family and friends absolutely so sad um in other news prince philip has died at the age of 99 um they're, they haven't released the cause of death, but we know that he's been dealing with some type of infection and heart issues um, in recent months. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, this death is overshadowed by the drama yeah. of Harry and Meghan. We know now that Harry is currently in the UK for the funeral that's going on on Friday of this week and Megan has stayed home because she's pregnant. Um, People had a lot to say about that. And it's like, well, she's a woman that's knocking on 40 who suffered a miscarriage last year and she's late term of her pregnancy and a pandemic. So yes, she's not going to be there. Right. Because the stress alone of all the eyes on you. Yeah. No, she didn't need to be there. Um, I didn't have much to say about Prince Philip just because I know uh, he he was a colorful person when it came to people who weren't <laughs> British and white. So I, I don't know. How did you take this news, Ashley? I guess I'll say it's another that didn't surprise me just because I knew that he had been struggling and obviously mm-hmm. up in years and had been dealing with health issues. But I was curious about the fallout of it to your point about how this is, how the Prince Harry situation is going to go. Cause I mean, that's still going to be awkward as hell yes. going back home and dealing with his family after everything that has happened. I mean, this is a forced reunion, right? Yes. It's not one that I yes. think Harry wanted to have anytime soon. And no, obviously but- just he had how a good the relationship with his father too, or with his grandfather. Well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, of course he's going to go there and he's going to honor his grandfather and honor that life. And I was curious too as just to how the country was going to deal with this senior monarch who has been around for 99 years of life and has served yes. for the majority of that by the queen's side. I mean, yeah. just curious as to how they were going to do everything. So that's been interesting to witness, but otherwise, you know, rest in peace to Prince Philip. Um, yes. You lived, you lived, a, you lived some years, sir. So good. A kudos, long time. kudos to you. I hope I'm on your same path. <laughs> yes. I have to say the first thought when I heard about his death, obviously, like you mentioned, was not surprised, but I immediately thought about the queen just because I'm sure there's some science behind it, but I don't have any, any notes in front of me right now. But when couples are together for a very long time, Mm -hmm. sometimes when the first one goes, the second one is usually, you know, far after. Yeah. And she's in her nineties. They've been married for 70 something years. Okay. Yeah. She started flirting with him. I'm going to be shady and say her cousin at the age of 13 (laughs) years old. She was 13, he was 18, okay? So he has been a part of her life, her whole life practically, so. For sure, and that's a great point, Delora, because that, as you said, has been the case I've seen with couples too. I mean, they talk about some couples who die minutes, mere minutes apart, you know? Yes. But I think the one thing that 
the queen has that a lot of those couplings don't have is the queen still has such a sense of purpose and place. You know what I mean? Excellent point. The a crown, lot of, literally. yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Not to say that a lot of older people lose their sense of purpose, but I think when you're at that age for a lot of people, you're retired, you're, you know, you, you're in your twilight years and you're living them out mm-hmm. together and the queen still has a whole country that she is uh, responsible for to whatever extent. So mm-hmm. I hope that that, you know, f- propels her and helps her with her grief. I mean, she went back to work four days after. So she sure did. You know, she seems like a, sh- a tough chick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So speaking of royal family and the fallout of that Oprah interview, the talk has returned this time without. Sharon Osborne. Uh, this week on Monday, um, I'm looking at USA Today. Uh, the talk returned after having a heated on-air discussion about racism, and it led to a month-long hiatus. On Monday's show, host Cheryl Underwood, Carrie Ann Anaba, Amanda, um, how you say her last name? Col- Clutes. Clutes. And Elaine Welteroff were back together to discuss the March 10th episode. And uh, it was a whole episode about race and healing. They brought in uh, justice advocate and inclusion, Daniel Grant and trauma therapist and life coach, Anita Phillips. Actually, I know you watched this episode uh did did you like it i i want to also highlight that uh cheryl finally got a chance to say her piece she pretty much talked about how she didn't want to be presumed as an angry black woman and she thought that she was talking to a friend but it just got disrespectful you know what i mean and then after that she just pretty much had to hold her tongue yeah um what what did you think about this comeback yeah, I related so strongly to her too, where she said, I wasn't, I was fighting back tears, not because I was sad, but because I was getting angry, you know, and I had to stifle my emotions. And I related to that heavily because in that moment absolutely, of having to try to be the, in my, my opinion, the grown up of the conversation, because that conversation went so off the rails, one can totally understand Cheryl's feelings then and now to feel like, hey, that was traumatic. I'm still processing it. I don't have all the answers right now. Um, I really loved a lot of what Elaine said, because I think mm-hmm. that Elaine's really the one who spoke to the disrespect and she's the one saying, you know, I want to clear up a lot of these rumors that have been out here, because as we know, Sharon Osbourne has not been silent. She's had an ET she's interview very vocal. done. She's going to have an interview tomorrow on Real Time yes. with Bill Maher. So, yep. I mean, I, I think that I appreciated it. And I sent this to you over text, the fact that they had this opportunity to not only clear the air, but to set their side of events straight and didn't act like it didn't happen right <laughs> you know some shows come back and it's like okay today's topic they're like we're gonna hit the nail on the head immediately and we're gonna move past this and I think it was probably helpful to bring in an outsider to facilitate the conversation because I think it mm-hmm. helped to put the rest of the set more at ease to be able to have this person who is an expert in diversity and inclusion and all these things to help them process and move forward um I think they did a great job too of you know speaking to some things that even the audience could take away from so overall yes i appreciated the effort that they made and that the network made to allow this moment to unfold on air 
and but you I have know not, CBS has been under fire for their their racial relations. I mean, as a whole. so many things have happened at CBS. <laughs> yes. I'm only giving them kudos for this thing, Delora. Yes. This is the moment I'm giving them a kudos for. But I will say I haven't watched any of the other episodes this week. So hopefully, you know, the chemistry is still there amongst the, the co-hosts and they've been able to kind of ease, which it seemed like everybody else was. Yeah, everybody else was in a pre, still in a fairly good place in terms of not mm-hmm. allowing what happened to well, disrupt their relationships. And it wasn't that much lighter because I did see that they were talking about the shootings in Minnesota, Minnesota, yeah. and even uh, the the lieutenant that got pulled over uh, by the cops who was in his uniform and just was completely disrespected by the cops. Second Lieutenant Karen Nazio or Karen yes. Nazio. Thank you. Thank you, mm-hmm. Ashley. Um, gross. And honestly, that reminded me of um, the stories you would hear back in the day when black soldiers would come home from war and couldn't get a home loan, couldn't, you know, sit in the back of the bus, you know, it's just like, what's the, you, (laughs) the people who are upset over Colin Kaepernick kneeling to highlight this issue of police brutality and, and, and have nothing to say about how that cop treated that lieutenant. That's a double standard that I don't have time to break down but it is gross. Yeah, is and then gross. they and then they tried to sweep it under the rug. They tried to get him to suppress the story so that it didn't become an issue. I mean, so then you guys know flat out that what you did was wrong. I mean, it's just above and beyond. Obviously. It's above and beyond um, any any words that I can really say. But yeah, so that's that's really my my um, thoughts on the talk. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens. I'm not watching that Sharon Osbourne interview. By the way, no, uh, it's gonna listeners. piss me off. So no, I'm protecting my peace because yeah, I'm sure care. I'll see the sound bites. But it actually <laughs> kind of annoys me that Bill is the one who's doing this interview. So yes. I need to hear what his. But you know, he's is such a middle person, like both sides no no (laughs) no i'm not here for it bill yeah all right in a speed round former bachelor colton underwood has come out he had a sit-down interview with robin roberts on abc's good morning america and he had a very heartfelt interview Mm -hmm. this is interesting considering he was billed to be Bachelor's first virgin. virgin. Yeah. And um, what were your immediate thoughts on this one, Ashley? Now, I know I saw in a lot of the comments, oh, I wasn't shocked. I was shocked as hell because. I was not. I was I, not. I was like, this makes sense. Yeah, I was shocked <laughs> as hell. Maybe it's because I didn't watch any of his season. I don't. Only things I know of Colton are the headlines. I knew about him and the shenanigans of him jumping over the gate. I knew about him and the restraining order with Cassie. Like those are the things, and him being a virgin and all that. Those are the things I knew of him. I didn't know anything about the man. I had never even honestly seen an interview. So that's why it was shocking to me is like, hold on, where did this, like, where did this come from? But obviously it all makes sense now as to the fact that you were dealing with this battle internally and Mm -hmm. all these other things have unfolded because of that. So good for you yeah so so two two things to that point ashley so i kind of understand why this is a complete shock considering he was a mainstay in this bachelor 
um, universe. Okay. Yeah. So he was on uh, 2018's uh, Bachelorette uh, for Becca. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he was on Bachelor in Paradise season five. And then, you know, he was season 23's Bachelor in 2019. So uh, he was a mainstay out here, quote unquote, looking for love, you know, with the ladies or whatnot. And, you know, again, he was having his internal struggle. One of the things that I thought was fascinating in his interview with Robin he mentioned that when he was given the opportunity to be the bachelor, he thought that was God's way of answering his prayers. Right. So he could, you know, straight, be straight, you know, live the quote unquote American dream, you know, get married, have kids and, and the house and all those things. And so, and he also mentioned growing up very religious. So it's yet another person who's saying I struggled because I grew up in this very religious institution that made me feel like my life was a sin. I feel like him and little Nas are going to do a collabo at this moment in time. I have an update on that. He has a Netflix show. They said that it's an unscripted episode uh, show. That's all that variety is currently um, disclosing or was able to get from numerous sources here. And uh, yeah, so it should be interesting to see what this project is going to be. Um, according to uh, NBC.com, NBCnews.com, Netflix has declined to comment on the project, but yeah, I I'm sure well. We'll, we'll, we'll see more of that. <laughs> and, and finally, Ashley. Can I, can I say one thing on that yes. real quick? Mm-hmm. Is it just me or sometimes do you feel like everything these days is monetized? Like, Girl, I'm not everything. saying that he's wrong to get his bag for this, but it's just like, does it take away any from the authenticity of this moment for you to immediately have a reality series for Netflix about you coming out, you think? Well, honestly, what I was thinking was, it makes sense that he has this deal with Netflix because there's no way he's going back to the Bachelor's franchise to oh, be like the first gay Bachelor at, after all the restraining order situations <laughs> with his previous fiance. You don't so, need her response. You know, she's saying she's processing it right now. She so she we'll, was blindsided. We'll yes. have an update once Cassie gives her <laughs> official statement. Yes. All right. And our final speed round topic J Lo and A Rod have officially called off their engagement. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at people.com here in their statement. They pretty much said they realized they are better as friends and look forward to remaining. So they also highlight in this um, statement that they will continue to work together and support each other on their shared businesses and projects. Cause they own some teams together. Okay. Yeah. They have a lot of business endeavors. A lot of business together. Cause they were the hot couple. Right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So out of respect of their children, the only comment they have is they want to thank everyone for sending their kind words and, and support. Ashley, did you see this coming um yes obviously (laughs) (laughs) we had the rumors for a while now that you know there was trouble in the water and you know them saying oh nothing's confirmed you had the whole scandal with another reality star and a rod supposedly and so 
the the writing was definitely on the wall but I feel bad for the kids because as we know the kids yes. seemed like they were super bonded and they had such a wonderful little blended family Absolutely. but I wonder Delora if they're going to be one of those couples that uh breaks up formally but then still has like some dynamic of relationship moving forward because I mean let's be honest they're grown grown now right they're I mean, not j-lo is in her 50s now yes, right we are and grown I'm, grown and honestly i'm glad that you say that because she actually has amazing relationships with her ex she just had a uh, a whole profile i believe it was it for in style ben affleck spoke on about so her. highly so highly of her so much so that A-Rod wasn't even featured. They actually interviewed all <laughs> types of people in her life and A-Rod was not included, but Ben Affleck was. Because so, everybody's still obsessed with that coupling, yes. however many years later. But yes. I just wonder, because I've, I've known those couples, like those grown couples who they may get a divorce and then, but they're still messing around or have some level of relationship, going vacations together, whatever. Yeah. So I wonder if they're going to be one of those couples because at this point, who's next for J-Lo? Who's next, baby? I don't know. I see, thought A Rod was your was the one. I thought A Rod was the one too. She obviously is really good at being a part of a power couple. I mean, very Brad, much so. Um, Mark Diddy. Anthony, Diddy. Diddy, and then A Rod honestly was the match made in heaven. Heaven, yes, to me. yes. Honestly, all of those power couple situations were like really ideal for her. So, especially from a you know PR professional, yeah. yes. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I I, I really I don't unless see her she's th- like Selma Hayek and gets her a billionaire bag. You just know, about to say that actually, I was gonna say <laughs> unless she gets an obscure billionaire, but I don't see her. I don't see her wanting to be with somebody old and old and rich. I think she likes someone who's in good shape, like she is. Yes, and someone who's gonna let her shine period you know what i mean she's kind of let her do that but a rod i I wouldn't be surprised if his ego got in the way i.e him talking to reality Mm. tv stars you Mm -hmm. know i could see him moving on getting married to some you know b-list c-list celebrity out here but i do wonder for j-lo yeah i do wonder for j-lo so, but I wish them both the absolute best, and I hope absolutely. they're able to at least keep the kids close. <gasps> oh, okay. Last thing, and then we're done with hot topics. <laughs> she is filming with Lenny Kravitz right now. Oh, her, is that? Yes, because you remember that's the next film in Mexico. That's the that's the film that they're that you remember those pictures that came out with a Rod flying down into the Dominican Republic. Oh, it's the DR. Okay. Yes. That is the film, and Lenny Kravis, in his current deliciousness, is currently go filming. go back to black J Lo, go back to black baby, cause shit. Ooh, Lenny Kravis, dangerous, cause he had a picture of him shirtless with a coconut on his I Instagram, know. and and when his daughter said, "Oh, so this is how people's dads uh, cut coconuts." <laughs> Like Zoe, I feel you. <laughs> Your daddy is a smack, honey. So I don't know. She might be too much for him because he seemed real chill. But you know, anyway, you never know. You never. Know. I will never forget the that rip pants performance. However many. <laughs> <laughs> We're done, y'all. We done. <laughs> We're done. All right, Ashley. Let's. Let's go into our recap. Girl, our first throwback. We are taking it back, 
back into time to 1995. Are y'all ready out here? We are doing Waiting to Exhale, darling. Shoo, 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 Hits, hits. <laughs> I can't handle Laura today, y'all. <laughs> All right. So this film dropped in theaters on December 22nd, 1995, one day before my B-Day, because I was alive, and opened. At- <laughs> <laughs> so was I. I was yes. very young. <laughs> and opened at number one at the box office, raking in over $80 million. It is currently available to stream on Hulu, runtime a little over two hours. Here's a little bit of info, guys. So back in November... It was announced that the film will be reimagined as a series produced by Lee Daniels for ABC. It will be written by Attica Locke, who did When They See Us, and Tindy Locke, who did Never Have I Ever, and directed by Anthony Hemingway, who did Genius, Aretha. Okay? Yeah. In a recent interview, author Terry McMillan mentioned hoping to include some of the original cast in the new series and cameos, which would be amazing because i know they had always wanted to do the sequel and then unfortunately whitney passed and that was no longer feasible so i definitely hope to see some cameos from my originals but here's a quick summary for you guys of the film over the course of a year four black women deal with work relationships and family crises all the while looking for the right man and relying on each other for support. As I mentioned, this is based on the novel by author Terry McMillan, director The Forest Whitaker. Love ha- it. One listen, of his most beloved films he directed. Black Excellence, okay? Yes. I have to talk about this soundtrack because me and Delora was talking about it before we hopped on the mic. Delora was just singing one of the most iconic. So yes. this soundtrack was produced by Babyface. Uh, fun fact, guys, it was the first all-female soundtrack. And that was intentional by Whitney and Babyface to do that based on the power of this all-female story and cast. It, at the time, in 1997, it received 11 Grammy nominations and won Best R&B Song for Shoot, Shoot, Ubadoo. This soundtrack also won an American Music Award for Favorite Soundtrack and an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Album. Whitney is just simply the goat when it comes to soundtracks. Isn't she though? I said I don't think there was a, uh, a film she was featured on that didn't have a great soundtrack. That d- didn't win all the awards. Yes like, and let's talk about some of these hits. You have Shoop Shoop Exhale. Yes. Why Does It Hurt So Bad Girl. Yes. Well, Let It Flow Tony Braxton. It Hurts Like Hell Aretha Franklin. Not Gonna Cry Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. I mean I-, I could name them on and on. <laughs> Wait, why did I not know that Whitney and CeCe Winans had a duet? Count on me? Are you kidding? Me and my brother. Know, I did not know that was CeCe. Girl. Like, I thought that was only Whitney's song for no, whatever reason. No, me and my brother used to sing that in Talk Girl. Remember the Talk Girl and Talk Boy from Home Alone? Yeah, That's how far back I go with this movie. <laughs> we used to sing that, du- that duet together in my little pink Talk Girl back in the day because that was my song. Love it. Um, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful soundtrack, beautiful effort that Babyface and, and Whitney and all those incredible artists put in and it's just the nostalgia factor amplified for me so let's get into this amazing cost so Mm -hmm. we have Whitney Houston as Savannah legend 
Angela Bassett as Bernadine. Legend. Leela Rashawn as Robin. Iconic. Loretta Devine as Gloria. Wait, wait. She If she's not the Black Mama persona... <laughs> I mean, it's tied between her and um, the mama from Blackish. Yeah, but Loretta Devine really stepped out of that typecast with that being Mary Jane arc. I mean, I thought she should have won an Emmy for that performance. She was amazing. Phenomenal. She was Phenomenal. amazing. Um, Gregory Hines, may my he rest favorite. in peace, my as favorite. Marvin. Uh, also, rest in peace, obviously, to Whitney Houston. Uh, Michael Beach as John. Donald Faison in, early in his career as uh, Tariq. Mm-hmm. Mike Kelty Williamson as the hilarious and ridiculous Troy. Leon Robinson as Russell, honey. And Wendell Pierce as Michael. Can I say with Michael Branch, if he was not the fuckboy of the 90s. Yes, yes. John was the most hated character for me, probably in the film. But also, let's talk about soul food. Let's talk exactly. about the fact that you, unfortunately, were definitely typecast in the role as the exactly. husband who ain't shit. Period. 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 <laughs> Reviews for this, Delora. Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, I'm not feeling y'all in this. 60%? Okay. Audience score, 79%. Google users, 87%. Delora, give Can me you your- imagine the, the critics, though, at the time? Probably all white, all Exactly. Male. That's exactly what I was thinking. Y'all just don't understand. Yep. What was your grade for Waiting to Exhale on this throwback, Delora? An A, of course. Okay. Give me some explanation. Of so I remember this film. I mean, I don't even know how many times I've seen this film. You know, this is the type of film that came out. I saw it. Um, honestly, this is like my mom's heyday film because like yes. she was in her er- very early 30s when this movie came out. And, you know, these women are in their you know late 20s, 30s. Mm-hmm. But yeah, remember watching it then, watching it on TV, whatever came on TNT or whatnot, <laughs> and then rewatching it for this recap, I'm just like, yo, there's so many things I did not pick up. Obviously, I remember the iconic, you know, burn, you know, yes. bust the windows out his car situation, right? Yes, Jasmine Sullivan. But I, I didn't realize some of the really poor decision making of some of the mm-hmm. women as well yes it didn't really it didn't really resonate with me right as a young kid right <laughs> I think that's one of the fun things that I always love about watching things at different points in time in your life because of the relationship that you then form with them like obviously this came out when we were children right so we loved it yes. for the the fact that we love these women that we yes. loved Whitney Houston we loved the soundtrack we thought that you know the scenarios are probably hilarious to us at the time as kids but we couldn't relate we couldn't necessarily understand and now as grumped women oh we about to get into this shit y'all it gets a little messy real real messy (laughs) and i have to say the other thing that i also really remember is loretta divine and gregory hines first interaction that was very for me that walk away is he watching me walk away he is (laughs) 
What about so you, Ash? My grade for this is also an A. There's no way I could give my, my movie Wait Excel anything but an A, okay? Uh, for the nostalgia, for the love of my girl, the Whitney Houston, for the continued mm-hmm. relatability for me in my life. I enjoy this film just as much now as I ever have because I've watched it multiple times too, but it's been a while since I really sat down and watched it without like interruption or distraction, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I took some nuggets along the way and it was such an mm-hmm. era of black excellence that I felt continues to deserve to be talked about and discussed. Iconic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Iconic. All right, guys, spoiler alert. We're about to get into the good, good. So Delora, let's start from the beginning, darling. This film spans the course of a year. We kick off on Mm -hmm. New Year's Eve. And this film is set amongst these four women in Phoenix, Arizona. So our four main characters, Savannah, Bernadine, Robin, my weakness is pretty boys with big sticks, okay? (laughs) And Gloria. (laughs) So let's discuss, by the way, Soleil, I didn't realize you stole that from this film, but okay. Each lady's life when we first meet them. Let's talk about it. So Savannah is played by Winnie Houston, TV producer, has moved from Denver to Phoenix, mentions the men there were dead. She has, <laughs> <laughs> she has a disastrous blind date for New Year's Eve with Lionel, who had Gross. apparently a whole other date that came as well named Denise. Cameo by your girl Kenya Moore. Yeah, but she, were, she called him Michael. I was like, did he lie about his name? don't know who she was don't know what the scenario was but it was definitely absurd right because it's like hold on how are you just gonna be like oh this is my friend denise like sir what are we do exactly. what are we talking about i thought we i thought we were on a blind date here it was just very like okay i'm over this i'm gonna go home now so she left um bernadine played by angela bassett married with two children her husband john tells her as she's preparing for another of his boring work events that he is leaving her for another woman after 11 motherfucking years of merge white woman who keeps his books at work he seems mm. so heartless as he delivers that news to her delora and she's yes. fucking pissed yes and she <laughs> she went to zero to 60 real quick and she stayed at 60 this entire film <laughs> And I tell you, I'm a woman scorned, and I don't even know if I've ever actually been cheated on. So Angela Bassett's scenes are definitely the ones that I remember the I most enjoy vividly. Her, I did enjoy her in this film, like in the recent rewatch. I'm like, Angela is just, she knows how to act her ass she off. She does, especially for someone who this is not her lived experience we know she's been with courtney b vance forever and ever right so we move on to robin played by lila rashawn works in marketing for an insurance company single and mingling after getting out of a relationship with russell who she describes as a lying sneaky whorish pisces but that he was so (laughs) fine every woman in america wanted to be with him Last but not least, Miss Gloria, played by Loretta Devine, is a hairstylist and single mom with a 17-year-old son, Tariq, who she's struggling to let go of. We'll see throughout the film. Tariq, unfortunately, does not have a good relationship with his father, who he says he only sees about once every two years, Delora. Mm-hmm. So let's move into the storyline. So we're, we'll go straight to after that scene and the news of 
Bernie, which they call Bernadine throughout the film's husband, John, leaving her. We see the news is shared at the hair salon by mm -hmm. Joseph to Gloria and Robin. T, I put in my notes, T is so often spilled in real life in the hair salon, guys, Always. if you're not familiar. <laughs> Always. Um, but Bernie is going through it. Um, she was out in the bathrobe. Joseph talks about having to take her home. Um, we see her kind of going through the grieving process, which, as Delora already mentioned, culminates in that iconic and one of my favorite scenes where Sis goes off. She sure does. She grabs everything out of his closet, throws it into his 32. Girl, disgusting. <laughs> throws everything into his BMW and sets that bitch on fire. So, Delore, you talk about the 732. Girl, my favorite line was uh, when she was talking about him only wanting his kids to go to school with two, uh, with two other black yep. children because of the improper influence. Guess what, John? You're the motherfucking <laughs> improper influence. That is my... That yes. is my line. <laughs> I felt it in my soul. And then another part of the scene that I love is that we find out She's not just some stay-at-home mom and housewife. She has an MBA. She was an integral part of him starting his business, and she wanted to start her own catering business, but he was always Maybe asking her to wait. So small for this man. Girl, won't you be the background to my foreground? Mm. Was something she said throughout this monologue. So, Delora, we have to talk about this scene. Tell me your feelings now as a grown woman watching this iconic bust the windows out this motherfucker's car scene. It was cathartic. I mean, <laughs> I have not lived this life, thankfully. However, I thought she, I mentioned that she went from zero to 60 previously, but what I realized is she was going through the stages of grief, like we yes. kind of talked about with WandaVision, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it was like the denial and then there was the sadness and the depression. But that anger and rage, yeah, that was her sweet spot, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> She was not having it anywhere. And then the fact that she kept saying, for a white woman. <laughs> that is a Girl. black woman's worst nightmare. Okay. It's the wor worst nightmare. And so, yeah, it was, um, it, she, she played that role. I mean, I, it was, it was a joy to watch and it was well-directed. Shout out to Forrest Whitaker. Absolutely. Especially when she walked away, that scene, I mean, perfection, perfection. And I read that she, they originally wanted her to be Savannah. And she was like, when I read the script, Bernard, Bernadine was the only character that I wanted to play because I was so oh. interested in this person and in what she was going through. And I cannot imagine anybody else playing this character because, because to your point it was so rage, cathartic but it's out of heart it was, it was absolutely so much pain and hurt absolutely and to imagine you've been with this man for over a decade you have two children together he ups and tells you one night i'm leaving you and i'm leaving you for someone else and, and it's, it's this white woman to yes. put the nail to to like put a nail in the coffin that's not even the worst thing it's just that that was a part of everything that had happened but what i will say is when he did tell her it seemed like she wasn't surprised over the fact that he was cheating on her mm -hmm. it's the I, bitch that keeps your books isn't it yeah, it was more so it's like, oh, so you're leaving me now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I've put up with so much to maintain your image and this lifestyle. 
and now you're you're just gonna leave me and your kids to the curb exactly exactly it was to your point that scene was so cathartic like i said i'm a woman scorned and i've never even gone through it i just feel <laughs> the pain of all the women that i know that have so also love when the police come by and they talk about <laughs> you can't set yes. fire to anything but trash she's like it is trash okay Period. Felt and, and the look she was giving him, like, sir, I know you had to feel every one of them daggers that she looking had at you to. like, why are you knocking on my door and what are you doing here? And then putting things in context, you know, again, this is like our our mom's generation. So we're we're still dealing with, you know, a working woman, you know what I mean? And things along those lines, like societally. So she probably did what she thought she was supposed to do, you know what I mean? Support her man. And the fact that he's the type that's so arrogant that thinks he probably did it all by himself. Yeah, he does. He doesn't see her in the way value. that she sees herself in terms exactly. of contributing. We'll get to that too when she storms into his office, right? So we have to move on to Robin, who is trying to move on with coworker Michael. She doesn't have a physical attraction to him, but he seemed at first genuinely interested in wanting to make her happy. That sex scene, though, Delora, was embarrassing. She said, shit, I could have, she said, shit, I could have had a V8. That was hilarious to me. <laughs> I laughed out loud when she said that, but Absolutely. I didn't, I don't think anybody had a really great sex scene without without any type of, you know, apprehension or anything like that in this film, now that I think about it. The good sex scenes came with people that they supposedly were in love with, right? It came with yes. her, with Russell, and we'll get to uh, Savannah with Kenneth, you know, mm -hmm. and all the other guys were definitely shown as being a little trash. But yeah, this, this scene was hilarious, and it was also very interesting because you get an insight into what Robin says she's looking for in a potential mm -hmm. partner. Um, and at that this point, Michael seemed happy to give it to her but hmm, yeah doesn't but, last but I have to say um Robin I realized being the dreamer or the hopeless romantic she was my least favorite character mm. <laughs> out of mm. the, tree, uh, the the quad here uh just because I feel like her head was so much in the clouds that she was just picking trash men yeah and like you know back to the sex scene I'm just like no for foreplay and 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 for me as a societal Lord. standard it was upsetting because here's this bad and bougie chick right here super bad here super super bad and then she is with this dude here yeah and again i'm not fat shaming or anything like that because that doesn't mean whether or not he's a good lover or not what i'm talking about is he didn't take the time to figure out what she wanted before he stuck it in her you know what i mean it's or like, did he because she was like hold on is it in you know, it was just a very, I was wondering if he, I was wondering if he got it in, honestly, watching another, this last time I was like, is, did he, is, did he make it? Like, but, but I did fresh. also put condom propaganda, you know, before he did do, absolutely, know, he, he absolutely. Like, uh -uh. and uh -huh. that was really huge in the nineties too. So yes, I would imagine so still, still should be, but yeah, this, I think it was supposed to show that she was trying to be more open because Russell, this whole situation where she was trying to get over and him just being somebody who she found so physically attractive, but to your point was trash. And we'll mm -hmm. also get to the point that I think Robin really had some trauma that she was dealing with at this time too, that came mm -hmm. from 
her previous relationship. So um, Savannah, let's move on to Savannah. Seemingly, uh, she was the longtime friend of Bernie's when she first came to town, right? Because we see her arrive at the house. And we had some great gems in their convo where she mentioned, Bernadine mentioned, I always thought if I gave him what he needed, he'd give me what I needed. Speaking of her marriage to John, she also said, it's amazing what can happen when you give a man control over your life. I have unbreak my heart, Delora. Yeah, yeah. It was just one of those moments to me where it was like, you really, you know, this was this was long game for you. You put your trust into your husband. You put your life into your husband's hands and unfortunately never had a plan B and never really found options outside of that. And now you're, you're regretting, you're regretting yeah, it. She lost herself. She yeah. lost herself in this man. Yeah. And it's like, at the end of the day, the only person you can put that much trust in is Jesus. <laughs> All right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Gloria, on the other hand, is, is she's kind of initially trying to get with Tariq's father, David, who again, Tariq doesn't have a relationship with. He's not around much, but he comes to town to visit and, and comes to the conclusion that he is gay recently because he mentioned that he had been bisexual for years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Gloria thought it was her weight that had maybe caused his lack of attraction, but that he had this, you know, heart to heart with her that this was the case. And in my mind, I guess I felt like, okay, I'm glad you're able to share your truth, but you're still a deadbeat daddy. You know what I mean? Because exactly. you're talking about- To me, him being gay or bisexual did not justify his absence. No. Like, talking about, I'll be, I'll be going to the hotel, Tariq needs to make the first move or else I'm going to check out. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to hold against you is, you know, good for you that you're coming into your own and you know what you want and need. I'm sure it's devastating to Gloria, but I would feel better about your character if you weren't seemingly this deadbeat dad asshole, you know? Yep. So um, the $1 yard sale that Bernadine has at her house uh, <laughs> for her husband's things that she left, left over. Uh, I read the sign this last time I watched it. Love's hangover. Everything must go. Hilarious. That was like the human embodiment of um, having zero fucks left. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Laughing. <laughs> Telling the kids, oh, your dad told me he wanted me to get rid of all the rest of this stuff. She was delusional at this point. Yeah. She was in a state of, like, euphoria of, like, I, I just have to do what I have to do. She had antiquities out there. <laughs> that car. The that car. Oh, my gosh. I was like, can I get that car? Hold on. What part of Arizona y'all in? Damn. Um, yeah. She oh, was really quick. I didn't know they were in Arizona growing up. Like, it didn't process. I just assumed it was, like, L.A. or something like that. Yeah. So, when I watched it again for the recap, I'm like, oh, are there black people in Phoenix? <laughs> I, I have never, I have never I been to are, Arizona, but, <laughs> but I'm gonna take your word for friends. it. Hey, Ahmad, I know his family is out there, so <laughs> very nice. Well, as we see, I mean, there obviously a lot of them, or at least Bernie's character, is in a more affluent part of town. I don't really know about the rest of them in terms Scott of their still, living. So, yes. yeah, Savannah gives that New Year's Eve date, Lionel or Michael, whatever his name is, we don't know, another <laughs> shot after an apology, uh, but realized, Lord, he had no job, girl. He smoked hella weed. He was a fake vegetarian. He kept her damn change. He used her toothbrush. And Gross. to your point, he was trash in bed. She said, now I'm a keeper at the damn zoo. <laughs> I know. And I, and I was thinking like, because one of the things that she said was she needed to get 
hers you know what i mean get some and he did have a body i give him that but he obviously oh such a selfish lover i just can't we hate those we hate those uh moral of the story that first impression mattered she should have run with that right where's duke hastings (laughs) where is the duke where is the duke or jenny and georgia where's hunter hunter was like it's your birthday it's about you tonight okay appreciate you appreciate you sir (laughs) okay so um one thing that i did not remember about this film is that the white woman that john lee's bernie for was none other than the late kelly preston yes it was she smacked the dog shit out of her it was absolutely amazing because it, it has nothing to do with her being white it has everything to do with her being a hussy on the side the home wrecking whore exactly she said if you bring that whore bitch around my kids <laughs> it'll be the worst or like the biggest mistake you've ever made like mm-hmm. angela you played this part john had she came to the office though because john cleaned out their i'm assuming joint bank accounts so her to sell the house told her to sell the house girl offered her three hundred thousand dollars like gross okay. all right we'll see about that Tariq did not take the news of his father being gay very well when nope. Gloria accidentally spilled the beans after catching him uh, with a young lady in a compromising position. Uh, this scene does not <laughs> hold up with the language, which I'm it not going to repeat. Nope. Um, but this news didn't help the father-son dynamic, was I think was the point of the scene, right? As mm, he already didn't yes. feel like he had a good relationship with his father. Now here's this knowledge and... You know, it is what it is. Um, Bernie cutting her hair scene. First of all, Angela Bassett looks amazing with short hair. So there's that. Yes, yes. But you have cut your hair off, Dolores. So I especially <laughs> yes. wanted your take on this scene of the the feeling of I'm starting a new chapter, cut it all off, and Gloria being so upset. I loved it. First of all, I loved it because my hairdresser didn't, you know ask me whether or not I you know if I were sure or not based off of her like girl I hope you grow your, grow your hair after so many years or anything like that it was more so it was like once it's off it's off yeah. are you gonna are be you okay sure? so to see that that conversation between Gloria and Bernie was really hilarious to me and the fact that uh Bernie was like if you're not gonna do it I'm gonna do it Woo. and I was like yo this is amazing but she cu- she scared me with the aggression with those scissors though I was like yeah. that would have scared me if I was filming I'm like oh don't let me cut myself <laughs> she was but aggressive it is you know what what's that saying a woman who cuts her hair is ready to change the world because she got I time mean, she got time <laughs> and again Angela Bassett with short hair looks amazing amazing so, come through um we finally get to see the foursome all together because it took a while for us to get them all it out took a while yeah oh, and one last thing about uh Bernie's look you can tell that she was uh, trying to conform in yes. some way with yes. her long, with the long straight hair and the yes. contacts. Yes. It's like, yeah, she was playing a role. Yes. You can tell. And it was trying to fit into a white, a, a white society, to be mm-hmm. completely honest, because yes. 
you know, she as a that's a criticism she has of John is that you know he's not black. Is that he does not want to seemingly want he's to be black. Uncle Tom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what she said even at the first scene where he's leaving with her. He was like, would it be better if she was black? She's like, it'd be better if you were black. Yep. So that's a tension in their dynamic for sure. But I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought that up, Delora, because that I agree. Um, when we do finally see the foursome all together, Bernie's trying to get her groove back, um, <laughs> but. You it know, becomes a couple of years later. <laughs> y'all knew y'all knew what I was talking about. Um, Stella. Uh, but the irony is that it's with somebody else's husband, Herbert. So oh, in this scene, I'm feeling like, hold up, sis. You just your husband just left you. Now you about to mess with somebody else's husband? Pump the brakes, sis. Please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not a good look. Not a good look, Bernie. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it either. Um, Robin sees michael at that same club that same night and uh we realize they're not together because we see a scene where she fired him basically after he questioned her at work because they work together he should have known better now i do i do believe she might have taken it a little bit too far because to me wasn't the end of the world but i do know what it's like to be undermined in front of like yeah people and it's like it's the way he did it you have to do it now like right now it's the way he did it to me too it was like let's not pretend like we're not lovers so if in in a relationship at that point so if nothing else i feel like you need to treat me with a different level of respect you know both in the office and outside of the office not to say that you know he doesn't have a right to do his job but i think it was just his his approach more so than it was the fact that he had something to say so crackhead troy though is who she moves on with to laura uh was she, he a crackhead he was allegedly a crackhead for this okay for i this thought film. he was just a drunk okay no because you even hear in phone calls with savannah savannah was yes. talking about he was yes. a crackhead and that he stole her yep. wallet her wallet yeah uh but she wasn't we get to see she wasn't impressed with his friends because he takes her to a party she wasn't impressed with his lifestyle side note that white dress that she wore iconic legendary i need it now okay i need somebody to make that for me um but it's only been three days and he's talking about wanting to take her to meet his mother at a barbecue delora would this have would this have impressed you would the panties have dropped for you off of that never that's why i'm like girl i don't care if his mama want to meet me after a date it's like (laughs) we've only known each other for three days yeah that is not no again it's like Robin, who hurt you? Because we're gonna get to that. Are so low. Yeah, so we're low we're unfortunately gonna get to that to give again some another gross man who didn't deserve her top tier. Her body so banging in this movie. Okay? I mean, it was it was her. Cannot, it I was cannot. her era. Remember, she yes. was in Boomerang. I mean, this was her yes. era. Yes. Um, but yeah, she was um she was a beautiful woman, successful woman, and unfortunately, um, I think again we're gonna get to the fact that she was hurt and that that unfortunately played a role in the type of men she she chose. But to your point, this would not have impressed me either. It actually would have really really turned me off because I would have been like uh why would your mother want to meet me after three no days like that's yes. scary that was that scares me off it does not indeed it's not endearing it's scary <laughs> especially these days people crazy um so we discover savannah had previously been dealing with the married man herself delora kenneth he has a good relationship with her mother and her mother really encourages her to be with him. She says, every woman needs a man, Savannah, and you ain't no exception. I have in my notes, Jesus, take the wheel. 
Her mom was too much for me. It hurt my feelings because I think that it's almost that generational trauma yep. situation yep. and your mother feeling like, well, I don't want you to end up like me. So you would rather I make some really bad decisions that harm me Bad decisions for the sake of having a partner or significant other. This man is or whole married. reason yourself out of, you know, what your conscious or your intuition tells you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That 300K that John was offering to Bernie, Delora wasn't shit because as Bernie explains to Gloria, he owns an apartment building. He owns 200 acres of farmland in California. She said their mortgage was $5,000 a month. And he owned a vineyard in Arizona. Girl. So this man is sitting on some coins. And all of it is in his name. All she ain't of got it. Nothing to her name. All that of it. was unacceptable to me. It's like, no, if we're doing if I'm giving up my career, we're doing this together. I don't care if my name is on it and I didn't well, it doesn't matter when you're in a a, a marriage, you know, the money put up because obviously I'm helping the household in, you know the you know taking care of the kids taking care of the house things like that you know what i mean so but it just goes back to the idea of just blindly trusting your partner with yes. everything when it comes to your finances we've seen this play out terribly for so many women and it saddens me obviously that she was another victim of that but well let's keep moving because uh she also admits she spends an evening with herbert <laughs> much to gloria's disapproval so Again. To my disapproval too. Mine this as well. Just happened to you, sis. Yeah, and I think she's thinking of it as like, well, now I'm single and I'm not trying to take somebody's husband, but that's no better because you still broke that bond for someone else's marriage. And you're talking about he's coming around to the house, he's coming by, he and popped up in front of the kids, yep. all this stuff. Like you're complicating your own life and you're complicating his. So don't make it seem yep. like it's not still messy, right? Exactly. The infamous Russell, played by Leon. Only man Robin says she's ever loved comes back around and Troy gets the boot in that leather outfit and the summertime girl showed up two hours late. I was just about to say for someone who wanted to introduce you to their mama, you show up two hours late. He's a drug addict. I think that's the, that's the, that's the main point of that. And he was drunk in that scene though. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Crazy. It was under the, the influence, but it was an iconic scene because you have the uh, eat a fruit bowl tramp. I mean, you got some <laughs> you got some lines in there that people still quote. So it was humorous. Throwing the freaking oranges. Yes, that was where that came from. It was very, it was humorous. I mean, I take it more humorously than I do seriously. Troy was a comedic relief for me in the film as trash of a person as he was. He was still funny. How did you find the humor? I mean, I, I get it, funny. but for me, it's just like, I'm just thinking like, oh Robin these men these men don't deserve you sis not at all but you know someone who does find herself a good man is Gloria so Gloria's new neighbor a widower Marvin played by the late great Gregory Hines uh he quickly turns into a love interest Laura as you mentioned on that very first encounter right because she offers him such good food she's like oh I'm just cooking a little something some yams some sweet potatoes some chicken these were leftovers I'm like was Thanksgiving yesterday ma'am like I don't understand (laughs) I couldn't tell if that man was wowed by the potential of her cooking skills or that body oddy oddy because yes talk about heat she called his 
his eye immediately. But one question I had is, do people still talk to and introduce themselves to their new neighbors in 2021? Girl, girl, sometimes, but sometimes not. Yeah, she sashayed <laughs> right on across that street. Uh, what you know about these people? But it could have been supposed to be like, oh, he's a black man. So, you know, I don't yes. know how many black people lived in her neighborhood. That sort of True. camaraderie could have been what it was supposed to show. Yes. But I just don't know the if we have that same. From across Ex- the room. Exactly. I yes. just don't know if we have that same thing now because it's hard to trust people. Again, people are crazy. So back to Bernadine. After losing the first battle round in her divorce proceedings, Bernie encounters a stranger at a bar, James, played by Wesley Wesley Snipes. Snipes. I was Um, so excited. I put that in my notes. I'm like, what? <laughs> he was looking good in this role too. Real good. Yeah, I was, was like, good. I don't think he's ever looked better. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, he's a, playing a, a civil rights attorney whose wife is dying of breast cancer. Woo! White. Heavy. We have to say white wife to be specific, since it's a note for the film and Bernie's situation, right? They end up spending a sexless evening together, bonding essentially over like their shared pain because they're both. It's- it was it was sexless, but extremely intimate. Very. Though. Because it was about, you know, them really bearing their souls about their grief over her divorce, him, his wife dying, these partners they thought they were going to have for the rest of their lives. But my question is, was this still inappropriate? Absolutely. Because for me, watching this film, I'm thinking, what is up with Bernie and these married men at this yeah, point? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, can she just swat them off? Like, seriously. <laughs> well, she wasn't giving him the time of day at first, and then he kind of just wore her down. You know, you yeah, look that's true. And, I'm not trying it. I'm not trying you. And then they get in discussion. And he's also, I mean, this is a vulnerable moment. It's a vulnerable time. She even mentioned to Gloria, you know, Gloria, I'm not like you. I need someone to hold me. You know, so I think. I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it was a compliment in in Gloria's eyes, maybe, but I think Bernie meant it as a compliment in that, like, you're stronger than I am. Like, mm-hmm. I, you, I need something more than you do in that sense. But I think that, again, it's just you're, you're, we're catching her in this vulnerable moment, so I give her some grace in that. But I still thought it was inappropriate, too. You're talking about how much you love your wife, this, this, and that. And, okay, y'all haven't had sex in a year. I get it, but your wife is dying. You went to a stranger's hotel room, and y'all had to talk it out. Like, that. This is this is something I don't want to make super gender-based, but I also think it's a difference between men and women because I feel like a woman would not – cheat on her husband just because he's dying of cancer um i think she would stick stick it out until the very end until he's gone and yep. then grieve and then eventually move on you know what i mean it's just yes i, think it's I understand completely yeah, a bit yes. savannah moving on back to savannah rekindles her affair with kenneth when he comes to town amidst his claims of basically only marrying his wife because she was five months pregnant with their daughter he <sighs> says you are the only woman that i have ever loved and i still love you you savannah i put in my notes is this the game because all these married men are claiming that they are happy to leave their wives for for the members of our crew exactly it's it's it be for me it was too much <laughs> it was like why are all these unavailable men in these pictures you know what i mean like you know 
Robin, Savannah, and Bernie. It's like, yeah. goodness gracious. I mean, Gloria had the, the good good in her situation, which we see progressing nicely um, because we even see Marvin start to bond with Tariq. For Gloria's birthday, that saxophone solo to start the happy birthday song, gorgeous. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Um, this scene is probably my one of my favorites in the entire film. That talking ish, drinking and eating with your girls. Those are some of the best moments. Delora, as a part of this scene, would you have been Gloria snatching the phone out of Bernie's hands and reasoning with her when she's trying to call John and John's mistress? Or would you have been Robin backing her up as she's trying to go off? I'm absolutely Gloria. I have yes, always I would agree. Been, You're Gloria. I have always been the <laughs> rational friend who's I like, would. you know, straight and narrow. Like, I don't do illegal activities, but I can talk you through, you know, your yeah. situation. I, uh, th- I figure. So for me, I said, it depends on what I'm drinking. Because... <laughs> Is, is it dark? Is yes. It light? If it's tequila, all bets are off, baby. If it's tequila, oh, I'm probably I'm probably definitely gonna be uh Robin. But you know, if it's a chill drink, because they were like drinking wine, I probably honestly would have been Savannah on the couch looking like, girl, get her. I don't know what she over here doing. Exactly. Somebody get her. Exactly. Yeah. But then I was a little upset at Bernie though, because I was like, how did this become a uh, how did this evening become about you and your divorce? This Girl, is glorious. It's the liquor, birthday. but it's the liquor. It's the True. liquor hitting that system. You could tell True. she was getting emotional. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It was one of those. But agree, she gets back to it though. She's like, "Why y'all turn off the music?" You know, she was just having a little moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, Marvin and Gloria end up falling out over Tariq and his desire to go to Spain because he gets this amazing opportunity to play in an international orchestra and travel for a year. Marvin said, "Listen." and let him go out and spread his wings. Gloria is like, no, I don't want him to leave. Again, we see her having trouble letting go because to her point later in the film, she says, he's been the man in my life, not just my child, but he's been the man in my life. So it's hard for her to fathom letting him go. But yeah, that was, I always find that to be inappropriate, that dynamic of like a single mother and her son. It's like, He's not your man, you know. Yeah, what I mean? he's not like, your husband. He's you your son. You need to let him live his life, and you know, I know and that live can his be difficult. Best life. He was exactly. talented. Exactly. Talented. Um, she does come around though, and she ends up apologizing to Marvin by the end of the film, which I was very happy about because Marvin is our one good guy in terms of love interest. So you know, I was rooting for them. I just kind of, I'm glad that you said it that way. The one good guy. There were a lot of men in this movie. Most were trash. That's awful stats. Well, it's a criticism of the film too. And the idea that uh, it was kind of seen as male bashing at the time or this or that. And I think it was addressed really nice by... Uh, Michael Beach, who plays John, in saying, you know, he didn't mind that the male characters weren't fully developed because the story is not in actuality about the men. It's about the women. It's about the relationships between these four women and the strength that you get from your female relationships. So that's true. That's especially true. during some real hardships in your life or times of um, pain. These are based off of a novel these Mm -hmm. characters are based off a novel and you know you need drama right exactly exactly um russell going back to robin's love life claimed that he was going to go talk to his wife and leave her but instead seems like he ends up sleeping with her and then comes back to robin's apartment 
tried to tell her to have her boyfriends not call after 11 p.m. WTF. WTF. I have nothing because it pisses me off, but I have nothing. I have nothing. Because <laughs> he's a trash bag. He's a fuck boy. He's a trash yes. bag. But this is also where we start to move into the pain, Robin's pain, because Robin relays a story to Savannah of uh, first she tells it in the sense of, oh, this woman on this show, but it ends up being mm-hmm. her story. She moved to town. Sally, followed, and Oprah exactly. the back in the day. She and, you know, so, oh my goodness, I used to love talk shows. But anyway, she mm-hmm. she talks about the fact that this woman moves to a town for a man. She ends up being three months pregnant. He says, oh, I can't leave my family. My kids will be hurt. She gets an abortion, um, ends up, uh, he ends up dumping her and she just basically says she never looked at men the same after that. And one guess who that was, I'm going to guess that was Russell, right? Because again, yes. she mentions that being the only person she loves. So I think that when we talk about Robin, especially when we're meeting her at this point in time in her life, I think she's still dealing with that trauma of giving up this baby that she actually wanted, exactly. having this deadbeat who she followed, uprooted her life she for. She didn't even tell a soul. She didn't, didn't even, even tell, tell her, her mama. Yeah. So I think she's still processing and grieving and going through that when we meet her in this story. So mm-hmm. I like that they gave more context to Robin because to your point, I think she could be seen as a little bit more of a shallow character who doesn't make good decisions. But when you realize that everybody carries a level of baggage and that she mm-hmm. just has to work through those things to hopefully, you know, prepare, move forward with her life, you know, mm-hmm. at least we, we can hope. <laughs> Bernie's one sexless night with Wesley Snipes turned into a potential love affair, Dolores. She received a mm-hmm. love letter from him in the mail. So I'm all, I fell in love with you after that one after night. One night. I was like, okay, James. What do you think came of this, if anything? Do you imagine that? Because they never address it in the rest of the film. Do you imagine that they eventually got together, that she just left this as a beautiful memory? I think, you know. With this film being based off a novel, I find that the writing can be very beautiful. So in the letter, he said something to the fact of, you know, having that hope, knowing that there's something else out there for Mm -hmm. you. Um, And I felt like that spoke to both James and Bernie at this moment, right? Him dealing with his ailing wife and her, Um, knowing that someone cares about her after, you know, everything, giving up everything for this man, just for them to get divorced. And so I thought it was a beautiful tie in where as an audience member, there is that spark out in the distance, not to say we're waiting for his wife to die because that's tragic, but Mm -hmm. you know, who knows after a couple of years or some, you know, or so there may be something out there for her. Yeah, I also loved it because, again, I don't condone the potentially messing with somebody while they're still married, all of that. But I think based on everything that Bernie has gone through, it does give you some hope that, like, she will continue to move forward and find happiness. And But not with married men. This not is with married men. Married no. men. And that's the thing. I'm like, sis, if you don't like it happening to you, do not do it to another s- sister. Yeah. Literally. But I think it probably really helped with her. I mean, let's speak about self-esteem too, because your husband leaving you for another woman like yes. that had to be crushing yes. to one sense of self and self-esteem. So That's if nothing point. else, I think that it helped to bring her back up a bit in her spirits on that. So um, Kenneth, 
moving back to Savannah, lied to Savannah's mom about filing for divorce because he was still telling Savannah, like, listen, we, we gonna have to wait. We have to wait till it's the right time. We have to wait a little bit longer. Um, this inevitably was their final conversation, though, because Savannah, she went off. Um, he tried to talk a really good game, um, but I think, I think, and let me know your thoughts, was it the conversation with Robin that really changed her mindset about her situation with Kenneth and kind of took the blinders off? Absolutely. I, I, I really do uh, think Robin's confession mm -hmm. was helpful with Savannah because I think Savannah would have continued on with um, Kenneth and his shenanigans easily. And to me, when she told him that I'm not going to wait around just for you to do it to me with some other woman, mm -hmm. I was like, that right there was her you know she she gets it now she got it you know what i mean because girl that was a genuine song like what's so different <laughs> that was a genuine yes. song back in that time yes that's the truth though why would i believe that you wouldn't do to me what you're doing to your current wife the way you speak about her and then i catch you on the phone the next morning you're still telling her you love her yes. you know what i mean like you're a different you're a different level of trash as well and you want to talk about men who have played trash characters again this is the daddy from love basketball so yes. another one who has played this the this all state person <laughs> that's probably what a lot of of you of kids today know him from mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. i'm like no he's been trash for a long time <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, her mother, though, not pleased. She called Savannah going off on her, calling her insensitive. It got so heated. Savannah cussed at her mom, hung up on her mom. Um, but I couldn't blame, obviously, shouldn't disrespect your mother, but I couldn't blame Savannah for really standing her ground because her mother was nope. dead wrong. So wrong. I just was, I think the other reason why I had an issue with her mother is she comes from that generation where you they take side they take the side of the men over the women mm. like mm. A, this is a horrible example but like if you know a woman is abused in any kind of way Had the first her question fault. is what did she do mm -hmm. enough she remember that from enough yes. uh when she told his mother that he had been abusing her what did you do what did you say to him and it's like you raised a fucking monster what do you mean <laughs> like, oh my, god. <laughs> like, my god you men need to be accountable for their actions and the mom was so busy trying to yeah, wife up her daughter to this man that looks great on paper but who's emotionally unavailable or just completely you know insensitive and gross to yeah. his current wife it's like why would you want your daughter signing up for that and then to savannah's point she even says like mom i have a great life i have great friends i have a career you don't exactly. ask me about any of those exactly. things you are determining my worth as your child by one thing and that sucks you're supposed yes. to be my mother. You're supposed to be my support. My You're supposed to love me unconditionally. Exactly. So that but was I, upsetting. I love that she saw that in herself, Savannah, though. Yes, like, that she had that, own, that internal is strength. multifaceted. Yes. And it is much more than my relationship status. Come through, sis, because when she was like, I'm 33 and I still look good, I said, yes. Yes. 
exactly. Um, Bernie ultimately in her divorce settlement was awarded girl one point five million dollars. Come through her house, a yes. second house, yes. five hundred thousand in stocks and bonds and yes. a Mercedes. Yes, I, I was said. So happy. I said three hundred k my ass. Exactly, and that's what she deserved. I, that sounded like half as far as I'm concerned like can I also say that I here. love that she had a black female lawyer because again yeah. when we talk about black excellence you guys are showing the black excellence not just in the film but as a standard of society that hey mm. we are all of these roles and exactly. that we excel at all of them yes hire a black female attorney because we can through. get that damn job done okay we'll done. exactly um Robin finally dumped Russell after realizing she was preggers with Ooh. his child and planning to build a life for her and her child on her own. My my thoughts in this moment are absolutely great for Robin. I'm happy for you to finally really let this man go. But I'm also thinking about that child because it is going to be sad for them to grow up without knowing their father ultimately mm -hmm. um i'm sure at some point in time they're going to wonder about him they're going to ask about him whether or not he ever came around and tried to be a good man and a good father we don't know but it's still in that scene i still had those thoughts what were your thoughts i thought i didn't think that that deep about it <laughs> you always do a great great job thinking about child uh the children in the movies and shows we talk about but what i did think was good for her for standing up for herself mm -hmm. and her unborn child because i feel like if she hadn't he will be in and out of her life forever or and he would have encouraged her to get another abortion exactly which is something that she knew she didn't want mm -hmm. so because even though robin got on my nerves you can tell that she has a sweet soul you know yes, what i mean yes and um it, you know again i want her to win of course and so if this is if, if this is her form of winning i'm happy for her mm -hmm. and honestly they did a great job with even showing him and where he stood when after she closed the door he was gonna knock again and he realized he didn't want anything to do with it so exactly he away. please so that go. said a lot about him so yes. yeah yes and i think because of reality and we've talked about this a little bit in previous pod um mm -hmm. about leela and her husband and the affair with Oof. um you know the ex-wife of eddie murphy all of that yes. also gives me a sweet like a, a soft spot in my heart for leela rashawn mm -hmm. even in this film because you know, not that, not that, you know, art reflects life, but there's some art reflecting life a little bit in those dynamics. So I want her mm. to be happy, not only this film, but Leela, I hope you're happy in real life too, sweetheart. Absolutely. Um, so by film's end, we're at another New Year's Eve and each of the ladies, we're seeing them all together now. And it seems they're all about to move on to a new chapter of their lives and they're mm. going to do it together. So mm -hmm. I wrote down my moral of the story, Delora, keep your girlfriends close because those, are, <laughs> those relationships are what pull you through and keep you laughing along the way exactly what are your final thoughts on this throwback i'm just so happy that we did it i loved it at the end that it was a celebration because they were able to stand in their truth they were able to find their voice yes and um and find love whether the love is with a man in the terms of uh, glorious character, mm -hmm. the love of an unborn child for uh, Robin, 
the love of self for Savannah. Yes. And then for Bernie, it's just like, you know, finding love in her new freedom. You mm-hmm. know, I just thought, well her done. second chapter, let's her go. Her second chapter, exactly. And her second wind, because again, to your point earlier with Jane's letter, even if they do not connect, she knows that she's able to be, she's lovable. You know what yes. I mean? And that's something, that's an important, that's important for a person to know that they are actually lovable. loved. And it's, yeah. you know, cause it goes back to our last recap, Tina, which I don't know if you guys have listened to yet, but yes. Tina Turner struggled her whole life feeling unloved. So that is yes. so valid and valuable and well said, Laura, appreciate that. Um, I now have to go back and re- read this Terry McMillan book because I realized <laughs> that I have never read any of her books and it's Me like, either. I don't know, I'll go back and watch an old movie, but I don't necessarily always go back and reread old books. So this is Damn. now on my list, Terry. I have okay. to read this. So Okay. I'm excited. But Delora, that's all I have for our first throwback recap of Waiting to Exhale. Thank you so much, Ashley. Excellent job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So it's now time for Hidden Gems. Yep, yep. Would you like to go first? Sure. I can go first. I just have two this week. And because I watched Waiting to Exhale on Hulu, I guess I've just been stuck in the Hulu universe because <laughs> both of them are currently streaming on Hulu. The first is Then Came You, which is just this cute little rom-com I discovered. The screenplay girl is by Kathy Lee Gifford who also stars in the film and it's basically I remember when she was filming that (laughs) yeah it's based around her real experience of losing her husband um in the Mm. film her husband passes unexpectedly and so Mm. she decides to travel abroad and starts with Scotland I believe it is uh fun uh adventure she goes on it also stars Craig Ferguson and Elizabeth Hurley so it was just one of those quick binge rom-coms and you know I love a good rom-com so Mm -hmm. I very much enjoyed it and Craig Ferguson is funnier than I realized because I've never really watched like his show so I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that I I enjoy him very much so you guys check that out then came you my second one on Hulu supervised this is about retired superheroes who go to live in like a nursing home together essentially and they come to realize something is amiss in this nursing home Hmm. the cast includes Louis Gossett Jr. Bo Bridges and Tom Berenger so it's just it was another one that I like discovered and I was like this is interesting and binged it and was like that was goofy but cute so it's another (laughs) one that I just enjoyed that was you know lighthearted and um both again as I mentioned on Hulu so that one was supervised Delora what are your hidden gems so I have one this week it's a podcast it's called waiting to x as in the letter hell <laughs> with winter mitchell robot and karen tonson so i used to listen to a pop pop culture podcast called pop rocket and it they had like four hosts and they were uh, a part of the hosting team and then the show was canceled and they moved on to their own podcast and they like to highlight generation x they call it the forgotten generation so Mm. essentially went from boomers to you know millennials right and so they talk a lot about pop things in pop culture from a generation x perspective (laughs) and uh they have fun segments um called like 
Nuolingo. So um, uh, Winter has a um, Gen Z stepson. And so a lot of their lingo is like, I think we get some of it as millennials, but you know, to Gen Xers, they're probably like, what exactly is going on? You know, <laughs> They feel like they're the middle child. Aww. Yes, yes, yes. But they have amazing pop culture insight. Winter is a former um, magazine person. Like she worked for like the tabloids back in the day. Cool. So one of my favorite episodes, they talked about the Britney Spears documentary and, sh- and Winter gives her perspective of what it was like being, mm. you know, knowing all the ins and outs of what was going on in Britney Spears' life oh, uh, during that time and what was reported and what wasn't. And then Karen Thompson is a professor at uh, USC. Um, and so she gives an academic perspective to pop culture. So I thought it was befitting to uh, (laughs) bring up this particular podcast because the name is an ode to this movie. Waiting to exhale. Very nice tie-in, girl. Very nice. All right. So that's it for this week, Ashley. Yay, yay. Like I said, this was this was uh, our 25th podcast, guys. So we're, oh we're getting old. We're getting a little older. We're in the 20s, in the mid-20s. So we'll keep coming oh. at you. If you guys, as always, have any feedback for us, let us know. Any suggestions, yes. anything you're liking, give us your ratings, all of those good things. And as always, love you guys. Delora, do we, do we want to talk about what we're doing next week or is it another surprise? It's another surprise. All right. <laughs> as always, guys, stick to our Instagram message at recapping podcast for what we're doing next check out our stories see you later bye